0: Hello and welcome to Until We Arise podcast. Today's episode is entitled, Love is Grounding. Hello and welcome to Until We Arise. My name is Rachel, and here is where we bridge a divided people to loving community, empowering resources, and a compassionate Christ.
1: Hi, my name is Veto, and I am the co-founder and CFO of Until We Arise. And our vision is to build a global thriving community of women who combat injustice and oppression with love and compassion
0: yay and i am the ceo and founder so yes i forgot to say that but today <laughs> i'm so excited we have an amazing episode for you and honestly i'm a little nervous because i'm not sure where this is going to go but today it's called love is grounding mm, that's cool. now despite the urgency to go into like this like new age concept that goes all the way into like grounding and putting your feet to the ground and connecting with the earth, which is not all that bad. My mom had talked about when she was young, she used to, um, she, she would run around barefoot in mm-hmm. the desert. Cause that's just how she was raised. Yeah. Nevertheless, like, you know, over-spiritualizing it in another direction is kind of dangerous. Mm -hmm. So my thought of grounding, and we can continue to build and talk more about that as we continue, but the idea of grounding really just, or being grounded, the idea is like just being solid, connected to the earth, Mm kind of like um, like your feet on the ground, like a plane being grounded. Like the plane wants to go and then it's like, get your butt down. Like, like you ain't going nowhere. Like yeah. the pilot is not allowed to take the, let the plane plane take off. Right. Because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the plane taking off could cause a problem for whatever reason. Right. So the plane is grounded, whether it's a like a malfunction of the plane itself or an issue that needs to be taken care of or this pilot um, or the or the crew is not complete or mm-hmm. something's happening. Right. So the right. plane could be ground even for weather. Mm-hmm. The plane could be grounded. So the idea of love being grounding it's some it's like the act of of bringing it bringing you down to like Mm -hmm. earth like in that way that was my thought but it made me also think better of the word grounded and like that's like the really like we all can kind of for the most part compare like relate to the idea of being grounded it's the idea right like you're you're told to sit your butt at home do not leave your room or you're not allowed to do this or not allowed to do this you're like literally being like like tacked to the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not allowed to go anywhere you can't move you can't go anywhere yeah yeah so I was a nerdy goody two-shoes so I don't really remember ever being grounded like I would have grounded myself before I, grounded. like, I'm like, I was such a nerd, Fred, I was such a nerd. So do you have any fun stories about being
1: grounded? Because I don't. I um I don't know if I have fun stories, but I think what ha- I would, yes, I would get grounded a lot, I guess you could say. <laughs> Your voice went really high right now. (laughs) The thing is, like I was I actually wasn't like a bad kid. I was actually pretty good. I didn't like I didn't do a lot of crazy things, but I lied to not get in trouble. And it was things that my mom was pretty strict growing up. And so because of that, I felt like I had to lie to protect myself. things so it was literally the dumbest reasons I would lie like I remember one time and I don't know why I remember this but I remember my I had gotten permission to I think it was to go to the beach or something like that like I so when I was middle school early high school I hung out with um, some friends from church but some of them were like already in high school and then some of them were like a year or two older than me but none of us had cars so we grew up in Long Beach and we would just walk all over Long Beach. Like we would, like Southeast Long Beach, right? So like we would walk to the beach. We'd walk down to Second Street to Belmont, to Second Street's Belmont Shores, to Shoreline Village. Like we would go everywhere. And so we, I had gotten permission to go to the beach. So we went to the beach, but then someone said, you know what, let's go somewhere else. So we went somewhere else. And I didn't tell my mom that we were going somewhere else. Like I didn't call her to get permission to go somewhere else. So... I lied because I never, when she asked me how the beach was, I just pretended like we were there the whole time. And I was like, oh, was great. What now? I was literally telling my mom this the other day. I said, you have the gift of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's knowledge or wisdom. I, I think it's knowledge. I said, because she would tell me things exactly how they happened. And there was no way for her to know and i would obviously deny it but because i'm i'm a horrible liar for someone who lied all the time i'm a horrible liar <laughs> and which is a, it's a blessing really um but i would so i would always get caught and so my so my i think one of like the biggest things my mom always said to me was no hagas cosas buenas que parezcan malas like don't do good things that appear to be bad because i lied all the time for dumb reasons and it was just to protect myself and because it was such a like it was just for me, it felt like an unnecessary step to say, hey, can I go to this place? Because in my brain, it was, I was getting permission to hang out with the people I was with, not to go where I was going. But I guess my mm-hmm. mom was, I need to know who you're with and where you're at at all times.
0: Right. Um, it's very straightforward. Did you have cell phones at least?
1: Um, I got a cell phone in high school. So yeah, you I did. think by then I had a cell phone. I just... I didn't want to go through the hurdle of like convincing my mom to go to this other place because I knew it was like, you already went out, come home, you don't need to go somewhere else. But I still wanted to be out. (laughs) And again, I didn't do anything bad, like I just hung out. I Uh had some friends who didn't do the best things, but I just was Uh like, I just want to be out. Yeah. And so I got grounded a lot because of that.
0: Yeah, I was not that person. So, I never ditched school. Oh, I did. Except senior ditch day. You and know. I'm such a nerd that I told my mom where we were going and when I was ditching. And I like felt so nervous about it. Like it was a huge deal. And they like I mean, this is senior year. Like so it's not yeah. like I I don't know. I I'm such a nerd such a nerd and um i wanted to be like rebellious and be like not tell her and i was like but what if something happens to me and my mom won't know where i am (laughs) like whatever traumatizing lessons my mom taught me in love worked because i was scared out of my mind to do anything like bad and then find myself Caught up somewhere. So I never ditched. So I'm really trying to think of when I got grounded and I've <laughs> never been grounded. Like, I don't I think, think I got caught for
1: ditching, but I did. I mean, it. I
0: never did anything though. Like, I did nothing. Like, there was nothing like, ooh, like, no, Rachel, Rachel, like, didn't really start acting a fool until college. And then I'd be up until two, three in the morning going out. My mom would be like, you know, nice girls don't stay out that late. Nothing good happens past midnight. Like, and I'm like, Aah! and I'm up at 20. Leave me alone. I'm 19. I'm out here. Um, and I think that's what happened to me. Uh-huh. But I mean, I, it wasn't that crazy to me because I used to always be out with my youth too. Like I would always be with the youth at church and we'd just be out all the time or my girlfriends from, from high school and we'd just be out late for no reason. Mm-hmm. But I always like, my parents basically knew where it was. Like they didn't have to worry. I was like one of those really responsible and I had a car and a license at mm-hmm. 16. So I was the car that drove everywhere and like pick up my friends and it was like a whole thing. So <laughs> I know I'm horrible because I have no grounding stories. However, um I feel like the Lord has made up for that in my adulthood, like <laughs> beyond which I feel so grounded sometimes. I'm like, "Lord, I thought I was doing okay. Like why is serving you so hard? I feel like I'm stuck. Like sometimes mm. I feel like I deserve the easy way out already. Like I'm mm. a good person." You know, like, I know it just took a turn, <laughs> but, like I do I feel like that I'm like, God, like I've done this for you, I've done this for you. I've done this for you and and granted, this is all very selfish perspective. Sometimes I get myself caught up in or I, in the past, I have, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, God, I've done all these things i'm I don't I don't do this with my friends. I didn't even get grounded, Lord. I asked for permission for senior today, <laughs> you know, and I know it sounds silly, but. You know when you when you start piling up all the other things and you feel like you're just like stuck somewhere, or you feel like you're in a situation you don't want to be in. You feel like you're you're forced to do something that you don't want to do, and it's so hard because obviously we know we're not forced into any of this, but it's like it's like the most gentle aggressive nudge you can ever have when you're serving the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. he's like, I want to invite you into greatness and I'm going to take you the hard way. You ready? And we're like, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I want, I I want to go the fun way. I want to go. I want to, I want to get the beach body without one crunch. Like, like I want, I want it. I don't, I want plaques surgery without any scars and no, pain, mm. no downtime. I want the, I want it the good way, the easy way. And what I've realized in my walk with God is not that I'm in trouble because I don't want to make it seem like God's getting me in trouble. It's not that okay. kind of grounding. It's more like I'm keeping you with your feet on the ground and I'm we're going to walk through this the hard way because I want to teach you something. I want you to grow. Mm. And if it were up to you, you would never do things that are hard and you would never grow. Mm, that's good. <sighs> Grounded. Grounding. But that's love though, right? Like as much as, and let's just talk about your mama. <laughs> it's mother's day coming up. Let's honor mama here. Um, your mom was doing that because she loved you, right? It wasn't yeah. like to be petty. Mm-mm. People, moms don't ground. Most of the time, moms are not, moms and dads are not grounding their kids to be petty. How did, how did your mom explain that to you? And how did you like make
1: peace with some of those those things? I think I necessarily got an explanation except that I lied.
0: Well, I guess how, how have you come to look at it differently? Yeah, before? I definitely yeah.
1: see it because she loves me. Like I I remember there was a time where I grew up. I was like 20. Um, totally, grown up. totally grown up. I, but I can, I think I've definitely built on that. But I remember having a conversation with my mom and just telling her how grateful I was for even those moments because grounding was like one of the many ways my mom was straight. Like, my mom was the like, go through your backpack straight, like, no privacy in her home. This is my house and there's no privacy, uh, which I know many people nowadays would be like, that's horrible or uh, child rights or whatever. But that's <laughs> That's just how it was. And I will say, as a, as a teenager, I hated it. I'd get so mad. But as an adult, especially even having lived some of, like, my bad decisions and consequences, I am so grateful that maybe it wasn't always the healthiest way. Because I will say, like, there were things that, believe it or not, she whether she believes it or not, there were things I didn't do. Because I thought, like, if my mom finds out I did this, I am, like, hardcore in trouble. So, like, it, I had a fear of Martha, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and so, but as an adult, I was able to see that this was done out of love. Like, again, I say like, maybe I'm not always the healthiest way. Like, maybe, like, fear that something could happen to me. And mm-hmm. so it's a way of protecting me, though. And mm-hmm. But I saw friends who didn't have that, who, in my mind... When I was a teenager, oh, man, their moms were the coolest. They let them do whatever they wanted. They didn't have any curfews. They didn't have to do this. didn't have to do that. And some of them, like, I've seen them, like, go through some really hard things and have to overcome some really difficult things. And I remember just being so grateful that thanks to my mom's strictness and some of those things, like, I was able to stay out of some of those situations. And so... now as an adult, I see it that that was her best way of loving me and protecting me. So, yeah. And I even think, like, as you're talking about, you know, how the Lord sometimes has us go through these, not sometimes, many times.
0: Every time. (laughs) It's like every time.
1: (laughs) Um, How he has us go through these, like, hard paths. And, but he tells you, I want you to grow. And I think of when we use that phrase of like, and maybe it's not used as much now, but I do remember like, you would say like, this person is grounded, like they're a grounded person, you know, like, and you were talking about having their feet on the ground. But I also think of someone who's like solid, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think that, that like mature, like they, they, they're aware they're not, you know, they don't have some unrealistic expectations of life. Like they're aware and real of like, this is, this is life. You know, this is, yeah. this is what happens. And, And I think that's like a, but you get there from growth. You get there from brain. You don't, you can't be immature and be grounded. Like I think of some of the immature people I know in my life. I'm like, they think like the world's made out of Play-Doh or something. I don't know. Like, (laughs) You know, there's just some, like some things you're just like, it doesn't make sense. Why would you think that? Yeah. And I think of that and I just think of like, but many times what the Lord has us do is not doesn't seem like it's grounding it's yeah if you think of someone who has like a lot of faith you think like this person's kind of crazy or yeah what like what do they sense. live in yes
0: yes like i it's so good yeah i'm trying to cut you off i'm just like yes that's <laughs> the point like we look at christianity and like our walk with god and our faith as if we are floating and, and living in some imaginary land mm-hmm. and suddenly we are taken up and like in order to do these great things, like you have to like be on like another plane and you don't encounter the same things. Like if you have been, um... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saving myself for marriage, right? And so something as simple as that, people think that Rachel Caban has like no desires. Like I must be so prayed up. That I'm never moved by these things. And it's crazy because like, even though I am, I am stronger in my spirit, it doesn't mean I don't feel things and Mm -hmm. desire things, you know, it's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, it's just a matter of being grounded. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of like, keeping my feet in there and recognizing like, no, I'm weak. And I don't want to go into that too much, like, because then I'm going to go jump ahead. Like I wanted to I wanted to go into um, like as you were talking about, like someone who is solid and grounded and like it feels like that's what our walk with God is as the goal to be grounded, Mm -hmm. to be people who can function and walk on this earth, barefoot or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's connecting with the, the electricity of the universe. (laughs) Like, I don't know how people say, right. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to say, but like the idea of, of being able to walk solid in who you are, wherever Mm -hmm. you go through whatever journey, because you know, that confidence again comes from Jesus. Right. It comes from the Lord, and you're like, "Wait a minute! I can function this way. I mm-hmm. can," and that's what the Lord desires to build us into. But that's not automatic. Yeah. You're not born with that kind of confidence, mm-hmm. like yeah. you're not born with that kind of faith. It's built, and um, I was tripping out because I did a little Bible study with some of the girls, um, from Until We Rise, on um on Tuesday, and we were reading out of, because God was speaking to me in my personal life. And so I like to like, let everything do double duty. If the Lord needs, um, the story of Paul's Paul's conversion from Saul to Paul Mm -hmm. in Acts chapter nine. And I love this story because in this story, it is one of the most significant times in the Bible where like, Jesus reveals himself to someone and that person's life is forever changed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like he reveals himself to, well, there's two reasons why I like it. He reveals himself after his death and resurrection, right? And he's mm-hmm. ascended to heaven and he comes back just to talk and meet Paul or Saul, a, a Christian killer. He is literally fighting against everything that Jesus stood for. And he comes and interrupts his life, knocks him down. He goes blind and is is confronted and says, "Why are you persecuting me? I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting, right?" And this is what happens in Saul in um, Acts chapter nine. And what's crazy is not only is Saul taken aback and like saying, "What is happening in my life?" Like ah, he's blinded and he's got he's led to this place where he's gonna sit. And just chill for three days in blindness. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't eat for three days. And he doesn't drink for three days. So he finds himself like in this darkness, right? And the whole time in God's beautiful way of orchestrating a perfect scenario, God is speaking to somebody that, that pa- Saul was planning to kill. <laughs> like yeah. In Damascus, right? The city where Saul was going when he was interrupted. God was speaking to that person, Ananias, some random, another disciple over there, and telling him, hey, I want you to go to this street over here where there's a guy, his name is Saul. And he is, he needs you to go and lay hands on him and heal him. He's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And what, I mean, like, Saul is known, like even earlier in the book of Acts, we find out that he's like a head honcho around there. Like mm-hmm. when they killed um the the Stephen, they yeah. laid his clothes in at Paul's feet and said, like, boom, job done. And he's like, Good job, you know, like he was a beast out there killing Christians, like he was out there just doing what he believed in passionately. Mm-hmm. So when Ananias heard this and was being invited to go and lay hands on this Saul, who's a murderer. He's like, but Jesus, uh, hold up. (laughs) He says, and actually, let's read this um, in verse 10. It's Acts chapter nine, verse 10. And I'm reading out the New Revised Standard Version. It says, now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias. Come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Oh, pretty straightforward, Lord. Sounds good. All right. (laughs) Verse 13. But Ananias answered, "Uh, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. So he's saying basically, like, hold up, hold up, Lord. Like, this dude is the one that not only he's done murderous and horrible things, but he also has authority here. Yeah. Like, you are asking me to walk into a pit of thieves. Like, you're asking me to walk to my death. Like and i, I we, we were, as we were preparing for this i was asking veto i'm like that's like asking me to go walk in with an fbi vest and no gun into like a drug house right it's like asking veto to go find where all the the missing women are in mexico with nobody with her just being like hey guys um jesus told me to lay hands on somebody here and you're like <gasps> And, like, God's inviting him into the most dangerous place, you know? Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if
1: you wanted to add to that before I finish reading scripture. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. I actually didn't share this with you when we were talking about this. But um, someone who was sharing um, at our church a couple weeks ago, I want to say, he was talking about how they had sown into a neighborhood. Like, they had gone and done ministry at this neighborhood before somewhere in Mexico. I can't remember where. But he had left for a while and when they came back, he had heard that that neighborhood that they used to go and um, do things with the kids had been taken over by cartel. And so he was staying in that area and he was, I think like walking to the store or something. And as he was walking, there were some men standing by there. He's like, you tell they were cartel, like they had guns and stuff. And and as he was walking, he felt the Lord tell him, go and pray for that person. And he was like, "Um, I don't think you know who they are, Lord. and because he's like you could clearly tell like they weren't just holding like a little gun like they had like this huge like gun and you could tell these were cartel people and he's like and i would love to tell you i was like yes lord i'm can't wait to go he's like but i was sitting there like negotiating with god like do i do this or not he's like but finally i was like okay and he went and and had to do that and i can just imagine um you know like that's what it's like like you it's like you say you know not just a but it's like the like leader of a gang in your neighborhood and god's like go and pray for that person you're like "Mm, he's known to kill anyone who prays for him i'm i'd rather not lord and that's like the fear that like this disciple had to face was like this is the top dog killer of christians of disciples and you want me to go do what and i do want to say you said he was invited to go pray for him but not by saw like Saw didn't invite him, like, hey, come and pray for me because I can't see. God invited him. Like, no human, like, on this earth said, hey, come, we want you to, like, he didn't have permission from anyone on earth to go do it. he God didn't
0: get any, he didn't even get a confirmation that that's where Saul was. Right. He didn't get like, oh, like a text message with the GPS location. It was like all just a word from God in prayer. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was audible we don't know if it was just the oomph in his spirit, like mm-hmm. how he heard the, we don't know how he heard the voice of God. Right. You know, it wasn't like somebody sent a letter and was confirmed even through like four other people, like, and yeah. saying, oh yeah, that's where Saul is. Send, go send spies out and make sure Saul's there. Like none of that happened Not mm-hmm. not according to scripture. Right. Right. God. And, and you know, what's funny is at this point now, God doesn't even entertain the entertain it any further
1: he -hmm. just says
0: in verse 15 but the lord said to him go for it is an for he is an instrument who i have chosen to bring my name before gentiles and kings and before the people of israel i myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name so ananias went and entered the house he laid his hands on saul and said brother saul I imagine mm. Br- brother, so <laughs> brother, um... no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here. So this is you, right? You got the same word I got. <laughs> <laughs> ha- he has sent me to say that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored then he got up and was baptized and after taking some food he regained his strength hmm. like to me there was something significant about not just Ananias like recognizing that he had like he was being invited to go by the lord by this super like supernatural thing that happened but right. what he was asked being asked to do went totally opposite of fact like human factual wisdom, right? It was completely opposite. And so if if this was like you or your brother or, or your cousin or your sister or your friend, you might say, Hold up! Have you established the facts? Mm-hmm. You should not make that financial investment. You should not sell your house, Rachel. You should not go get on that plane to Peru, Veto. Um, you should not. You should not. All the and if it was up, many of us do that, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, don't do that. I know you said that that's what God said to do, and you believe that, but don't do it. We would say, don't go, Ananias. That's stupid, right? Because it's not grounded. Mm-hmm. It's grounded. In some kind of spiritual, I don't know what, like, and and it's hard because when we experience this, it's like easy for us to say, oh, well, let me focus on the easier path. Like I'm, I should just, you know, find another way, avoid it. But Ananias got the word from the Lord. He didn't say, oh, I know it's scary and all this, but he said, no, I have a plan for this guy. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even know what I want to do with this guy. You don't know what I have here. I need you to go and just go because I have a plan.
1: Right.
0: I need you to lean into this no matter how scary it is because there's mm-hmm. something on the other side of your yes that I have been planning. I've already set the thing in motion and you need to trust me in this. I've mm-hmm. already said, I've spoken to him. He's waiting for you. Go. Right. And it's like, if we look in our flesh, it'd be like, no, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is like, "How about we learn to be grounded in my truth, my like?" And I love how you say it, like, "Let every man, like, how do you say, it? let God be the truth and every man a liar, and God or something." Be true and every man a liar. Ah, how do I do that? It feels so opposite, but that's truly being grounded, right? Mm-hmm, because right. facts change, like the facts that we see as clearly as clearly as this story like lays out the facts that we can calculate the facts that we look up on the internet, the facts that we can Google, the facts that we learn here on this earth are limited by the capacity of this earth Mm -hmm. limited to our own understanding. And God is like, my ways are so much higher than your ways. I have a reach that can change the facts. So my facts are truer facts. (laughs) If that makes sense. Right. Like, and I'm just like, wow. Like, and it makes me feel like challenged because if all of our gauges for like all of the people that we rely on Mm -hmm. only see physical earthly, regular facts, then we look crazy when we take these crazy steps for the Lord. Yeah. We look wild. We look ridiculous, but If you ever get yourself in a circle of faith-filled believers, if you get yourself in people who have all made those crazy choices, who have all said, yes, I did what was it, what felt opposite. I ran into the fire instead of running away from it. Mm -hmm. I ran into the gunfire. I ran into the smoke. I ran again. I ran right into the drug cartel. I ran right into that gangster house or whatever, you know, like those people who've done it. They say, oh, that totally makes sense. That's the most yeah. common thing you can do. That sounds like faith. That sounds like my God. He the one who turns
1: facts around. You know what mm, I mean? I yeah. don't know. I'm gonna roll I get excited, but like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> Yeah. No, it just makes me think of um there's a couple that we met here at church and here in Tijuana, and we were hanging out with them having dinner one night, and they're talking, you know, they're sharing their story. And um and I've shared with you before just like bows and my story seem so common here because we're no longer the only crazy people in town (laughs) it feels like and so this couple always jokes that our church is the church of the crazy people because there's just so many people who have like some of them there's circumstances that have brought them here but nonetheless there's still like crazy stories behind them and even crazier faith that leads them to do what they're doing now with their lives and it's As we hear them, like you said, you get around people who are faith-filled, people who have lived the same kind of path. And to us, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Totally normal. (laughs) Because it's just like, that's like, I think what you said was just like, his facts are truer.
0: Mm -hmm. And that
1: is like, man, that is so true. Like what God says is so much more real than what we see on this earth. And and that's why I'm, I said earlier, like, people who hear Christians think Christians live in some kind of la-la land. Like, I had people tell me, like, Vero, you see the world through, like, rose-colored lenses. And I'm like, no, I really don't. If anything, I, I think I see things even more clearly. Like, I'm very well aware of, like, you know, I I don't like talking about it so much because I feel like it's, like, the only thing. But, like, going to Peru, Right. Um, and just because it feels like whoa this is a great big thing I'm like I just got on the plane dude it's not that big of a deal um, but I know I, I know this it's a big deal I know but, but then it's
0: not like not in our world it's like it was huge it was shifting but it's not but go ahead finish sakes right? yeah
1: and I just think um because people were like better like this and that and you can't do this and you can't do that like do you, you like, you're not even thinking about the consequences and I'm like if there's anyone, thinking about the consequences it is me and the consequences
0: for those who don't know just sorry to interrupt but we I know some people know all of the story but they might be introduced to you
1: (laughs) or not being able to go back to the U.S. because she was
0: because Um, you were a DACA DACA recipient at the time and mm -hmm, so you did
1: okay Mm -hmm. and so like I couldn't come back to the U.S. I um, was losing a whole life. Like the only life I've ever had because I was raised in the U.S. since I was three. My whole family that I'm close to, like my family family is in the U.S. So I wouldn't be able to see them, including my mom, friends, support, everything. Like my whole life, it's just like picking up and going to another country um, without a plan, which, yeah, without a plan. (laughs) Except that I knew what God had said to me. I didn't have a tangible plan of, this is step one, and this is step two, and this is step three. But I had a plan that God said, you're going to go. And even though we were praying to go back to the US, and he did say, you're at my time, you will come back. But I also knew there was a part in my heart that he said, but I need you in Mexico for some time. Can you be okay with that? And I couldn't tell him at that time, like, yes, 100%. But I was like, I'm okay enough that if you're calling me and this is part of you, then You'll figure it out with me along the way. Like, I don't know, but you know, you know? And so my plan was I'm trusting God the whole way through. So we'll see how this turns out. But I knew I, I counted that cost, right? Like I knew exactly what I was saying yes to and what every consequence of that meant. And people looked at me like, no, you you really don't know. And I'm like, no, 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 I really do know. Mm-hmm. I'm very well aware of what I'm giving up. I'm not unaware. I, I'm living this. If, if I can't come back, I'm the one who has to live this. Like, you are not going to have to, like, I'm the one who's going to be in this foreign country. And so I think when you look at God's facts, you're forced to look at the, the real things, right? Like, you're forced to look at the earthly facts. But it's like, I'm trying to think of, like, how to say this. But, like, you see the earthly facts but they are like enhanced by like the heavenly facts because mm-hmm. you look at the earthly facts and it's like, I can't, if I leave, then I can't come back. But heavenly facts say, but I'm going to bless you, whether you're in the U S or in Mexico or wherever, mm-hmm. you have, I am going to be with you. So yes, you can't come back, but you're not alone. I have you in my hands and I have every resource already lined up for you to make this move. So go and do it. You know, and so even with Ananias, it's like, yes, he's a killer. I'm not ignoring that. Yeah, he didn't but deny it. He didn't say <laughs> he he's wasn't not like, a killer. No, Ananias, that's not true. And he didn't say,
0: oh, no, he doesn't have authority here. He right. didn't even he didn't address his concerns he in a sense. Say, like,
1: yeah, but I have a plan for him. There's purpose in this. Mm. And Ananias had to trust. And I think what's even beautiful, you said, like, he's like, brother Saul, like, he just could have been like Saul. Like, I ain't calling this dude my brother. I don't know what's up. But he trusted God enough to say, well, you say he's a Christian now? You say he believes in you, then he must be my brother. Like he's a brother because we have the same faith, right? So he's like, and yeah, we don't know how it was said. He couldn't, brother saw, or he may have been like, brother saw, like very confident. We don't know. Where you been at? Like, yeah, you ready like to get <laughs> it? I got this. I got this
0: healing for you. You better act right.
1: <laughs> you know, but I think like that is, um, yeah, I think while it grounds us, I think the Bible says like, to those who don't know the truth, it looks foolish. Like we look foolish to those who don't know because Mm -hmm. yeah, it looks like we're off in La La Land but I think on the contrary, we've learned to to not just look at the earthly facts but we've learned to look at the earthly facts through the lens of the heavenly facts and what, okay, like this is it but you line this up and now it's actually so much more clear because there's always been something missing to the earthly facts. But now yeah. you line it up with the heavenly and it's like the picture's more, the, not always. I'm not going to say it's like completely complete, but there's more clarity to it. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know all of it, but this makes up for some of that unknown and it still isn't like every detail, but there's purpose behind it. I think is the most best way of saying that like the heavenly facts give us purpose to why of the earthly facts sometimes.
0: Yeah. And how and Mm -hmm. all that. And I I think it's it's powerful because religion itself or ritualistic practices that um, are trying to teach us how to escape and like go into another space and connect into something that's deeper in a weird way that denies that is not how God invites us into this. Yeah. He's not saying pretend it's not there he's not saying, Oh no, it doesn't matter. Like your Mm -hmm. abuse that you might've felt, not you, but whoever out there might've had abuse, right. Might've had trauma, might have really challenging circumstances that like still waiting to get into the U S or still waiting for a husband or still Mm -hmm. me, not you. Um, like all the things that were waiting. you know, you got your husband, the Lord provided. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like all those things like that, we are at a space for like, it's not saying to pretend they don't exist. And I love Mm -hmm. it. Like how you said it, like, you know, it, it really is him elevating it, right? Like him enhancing it and saying, no, no, no. I see all those things, but I still have something greater for you there. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it always reminds me of when the Lord was speaking to me about my dad being sick and I was crying out to him, like, heal him, heal him. And the Lord was like, even if he dies, I'm still the king. And I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, hold up. That's rude. You didn't answer my question if my dad's going to live or not. Mm-hmm. He just said, don't worry in the sense that he didn't say, don't worry. He said, I'm still on the throne. Mm hmm. And later when I realized why that gave me peace, because I was in the moment of like chaos in my head and that gave me peace. And I didn't understand why, because in my logic, it didn't give me, it would be offensive. Yeah. But in that, like later, as I realized like, God, what were you telling me? I felt this peace. Like, no, like even if everything else, my worst nightmare happened. He was still there. He's mm-hmm. on the throne. His plans are good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just powerful because when I talk about being grounded and I felt like, man, Lord, like you are keeping me humble. You know what I mean? Like you are keeping me in the space that I need you. Like this is oh, hard. I don't. And that's the point though, right? Like right? Like Ananias, if he would have gone in his own flesh, like I'm going to get this Paul. I'm going to get this Saul guy. He's going to figure it mm-hmm. out because I'm tired of this guy just out here, just acting crazy. He would have been stuck mm-hmm. and he probably would have died because he had authority. Paul mm-hmm. Saul had authority. He had people with him. He was murderous. He was good at what he did. Like evidently, like that would have been problematic had the Lord not led him in there.
1: Right. But
0: when the Lord is leading you, and he's inviting you into something that's challenging and it feels completely opposite. He'll confirm it in your heart. So you know that, you know, mm-hmm. but he also sets things in motion on the other side. Right. He had like Paul, Saul had a vision that he was expecting him. It still mm-hmm. took faith to get there, to believe that Saul yeah. would actually remember the vision. or his, Like, you know what I mean? And that he would encounter Saul actually blind. I mean, imagine him going like. are you sure he can't see me (laughs) you know what I mean like is he gonna be able to identify me later Uh, yeah but you know what it's crazy is that it sounds almost cruel in the moment right like Mm -hmm. like I just think even about your situation friend like and I can talk about mine but it's it's hard because mine in some ways I'm still knee deep in it when it talks about like something as simple as love and marriage right like Mm -hmm. I'm like Lord I'm still waiting in in the middle of what feels impossible, mm-hmm. right? Just because of my own, my own struggles, right? What my facts look like. And it feels like it's just gets deeper and harder. Um, but like, even with your situation, like the Lord was inviting you on a trip and giving you all these promises, but like, it was like, you were moving away. Like if they look at now who you're married to, Bao, who lived in Garden Grove, right? Like, you were moving away from the promise. Like you didn't even know that he was it. You didn't even know that he had his eye on you. Like in all honesty, you know what I mean? Maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit that way back of your heart mind, but like, it wasn't for two years after living in Mexico that like the Lord even allowed this to come to anything. And it was two Mm -hmm. years of sitting in what probably felt like hard. And I'm not saying it's still, it's easier now, but I mean, it's easy. It's at least you've, there's, there's evidence of like, okay, there's the next phase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to like talk about your story. I just, I remember feeling it with you, like walking into like, God, like, cause I was looking at my friend and I'm like, God, how are you going to get her married to an American? Now she's in the middle of Mexico now. Like, how is she going to come home? Like, how are you going to do this? Like in my logic, I could not figure it out, but I also didn't, Try. I tried my best not to pressure you into mm-hmm. like understanding things because it felt like it wasn't my place. Mm-hmm. My place was to support you in the faith that, that God had spoken to you and pray with you. And I never felt a peace about being like, don't go. I right. told you that once because I was like, I'm going to be it. But I'm very clear when I tell you this. I'm like, this is Rachel because I'm scared. But <laughs> I know that you need to. But I'm scared. Like- yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I want to touch a little on that. Like you said, it, it's sometimes offensive like, or feels offensive. And I remember when I was making that decision to go and, you know, looking at the consequences. And like I said, one of them was not being able to see my mom and not knowing when I would see her again. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of ours and I told her, like, what if, but, like, what if I can't come back? And she's like, OK, what if you can't? Like, what's, what does that mean? And the only thing I could think of was, well, I can't see my mom. And she's like, okay, so what does that mean to you? Like, is is it worth it? And I remember like, God did not address my concern. He wasn't like, no, I promise you by year five, you're going to see her. Like there was nothing of that. It was just like, so what if you don't? And I was like, what, do you mean, what if I don't? Like, this is my only parent. Like this is this is my mom. You know, and I remember having to make that decision of, okay, what if, what if I don't see her? Is this decision still worth it? Like, Mm. is that, does that matter enough to say, oh, everything else I could deal with but this? Sorry, I'm not going, you know? And I had to come to the conclusion of, if I don't see her again on this earth ever again, is this is is the God that you're doing this for, is he still good? Is mm-hmm. he is he still worthy of your trust, of your obedience? And I remember just praying and I knew based on who I know God to be, on who I've experienced to him to be, on who the word says he is, I was like, He's worth it. If I don't ever see her here again in person, like he's worth it. And I said, God you're a good God. You've taken care of me. I've seen you take care of my mom this whole time. Like he has taken care of when My mom and I were just talking the other day, um, Mexico Mother's Day is earlier than the U.S. So we were talking, I called her for Happy Mother's Day. And we're talking about that and just how God has taken care of her. And I remember saying, you care about my mom more than I do because you are her father as well as mine and so you will take care of her you don't need me here to take care of her you can take care of her without me so mm. it's, you are worth it i trust you with my mom i trust you with my life and i'm gonna make this decision to go even though you're not consp- like he wasn't confirming yes i'm gonna take care of your mom like i just knew this is the god i serve mm. and i think of ananias like god didn't confirm that he wasn't gonna get killed Mm -mm. He mentioned he was afraid of it. Like, hey, this guy's a killer. and But God wasn't like, no, don't worry, Ananias. You're going to come out alive. Mm. He just confirmed what he had for for Saul. He said, this is the calling I have for him. And he needs, and I will tell him. Not even you need to tell him. You don't need to come and be like, are you sure you're really Christian? Because let me tell you how hard it is. You got people, you got me killing my people out here. So it's hard. Like, no, he didn't say you're going to, he said, I will let him know how much he needs to suffer. Mm. You just need to obey me. And Ananias said, this God is worth my trust to go and do this. And I just, I like, I just think of that and it's like, yeah, like God is worth our trust. And that's what he wants us for all of like all the things. It doesn't mean you're going to
0: another country. Sometimes it's not dating the person that you want to date, or sometimes it's not taking the job. That's the, that seems like the best job. Sometimes it is selling the house instead of renting it out. Sometimes it is taking the, the higher paying job. And sometimes it's taking the lower paying job that. You have to travel further for like, you just like, God, will oftentimes give us these 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 situations that go right against yeah. what we would logically in our like human logic believe was right the right choice
1: right
0: yes to- can you Im- oh sorry i was gonna say can you imagine the faith that ananias had mm. after having walked into a murderous home heal the mm-hmm. man, baptize him, and saw the same guy who was a murderer one second ago probably weep and be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and just completely transform right in front of him. Can you imagine the power and the confidence in Jesus yeah. that Ananias walked in? He's like, oh, no, I heard the Lord. No, I know. I, 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 he could walk everywhere telling this story about how he was the one. hmm who faced the biggest fear of his life
1: Yeah, to so go there. Sorry, go ahead though. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, cause you're saying, you know, what it could be that God is telling you to do, right? Like you not date this person this. And I just want to say like, yes, these are big decisions, but it could be something as simple as saying yes to him. And like that feeling, like the most counter thing to do, whether because you grew up Catholic or another religion and to say yes to Christianity is turning your back on that. Or simply, I like the life I I live. I don't want to have to give up the things I've been used to. I don't want to give Mm -hmm. up the Mm -hmm. things I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I know Christians, they don't drink, they don't party. They don't, you know, they don't do this, they don't do that. I don't want that life. I want to keep living this life. But it takes faith. It takes what the Bible says, a mustard seed size of faith, right? Like it takes faith to say, But I see all these other Christians and they keep talking about how worth it it is. And it seems like they're in La La Land, but here's these two crazy girls talking about they're really grounded and I see their lives and I see what God's doing. And like, maybe this heavenly fact might be more real than the earthly fact. I think, you know, the earthly fact of I'm enjoying my life, but maybe this heavenly fact of, but if I give up my life for God and I say, okay, God, take whatever you don't like of me or mm. whatever you don't like in my life maybe that might be a better life than i think it is and so i just felt that as you're saying that like i'm like maybe for some of you that's the 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 counter um, factual decision god is is me is asking you to consider to yeah. say to and, and like that's so good
0: there's no and like there's like on the other side of that he I can guarantee to you, I, I feel like the strength in this conversation right now, I guarantee that God will meet you when you do say yes. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, I cannot guarantee the timeline because my timeline will look different than Veto's timeline, mm-hmm. will look different from whoever else's timeline, from Belen's timeline, from last week, from all the, like, it's always going to look different for each of us because he knows each of us, but nevertheless... He promises and I can guarantee it will happen. He will show up for you. And I don't know. I, I love this scripture in second Corinthians because I really want to hit this because mm-hmm. as I was considering the challenge that comes along with, with doing this, sometimes we think you need to be superhuman to be able to walk in this kind of confidence, right. to walk in that kind of faith. And it's not, it's a, and like, I like how you said, it, it's a distinct awareness of our humanity. Like I know the facts. I'm not pretending the facts don't exist. And in 2 mm. Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, it says, "But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us." Mm. Yeah. This this speaks of us as humans being clay jars that ho- house the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. And like there's power in that saying like we are uh, a clay jar is beautiful, but it's not, it's not like steel. Mm. It's not like incorruptible or whatever. It's, it's made of the earth. It's made of the ground in so many ways, right? It's made of this, this, this very natural existence, you know, and it's, it's flawed. They're easily cracked. They can be crushed. They can be ruined. But The Lord has chosen to use flawed vessels like us, Mm -hmm. made of the earth, to house his Holy Spirit. Because the things that we can do are not based on our own strength. It's recognizing I'm weak and I need you, God. And that is the thing that carries us every day into that next level of faith and says, oh, no, no, no. you got to be here with me. Because if we think one day we're going to grow up and not need the Lord, then we are just clay pots out there by ourselves but when we are clay pots that are filled with the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and we are we are being nurtured by his word and our faith is being lifted up and we're in community with other people who are like this is what grounding looks like this is real life then we can say in verse eight we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair Mm -hmm. persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. I love it. We may be attacked. We may go through hard things. We may have to face death face to face. We may be have to like say no to the things that that everything else, everybody else is telling us is the right thing. You know, and we may have to face hardships, mm-hmm. but without those, we won't grow. And we will not be destroyed. I know that for a fact. No matter how much the enemy will lie to me and say how I am just getting older and nothing matters, and I don't have to, like, I should just give up. That, what if God's gonna fail me if I keep on walking like this in faith? What if I'm gonna look stupid at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. That's the world, right? Like, everybody else is getting what they want, and I'm still waiting over here, grounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the Lord is saying, you're, "If you're grounded in Me, you may be pressed, right? It, it said, how does it say? Yeah. You may be afflicted, but you're not going to be crushed.
1: Right. You may
0: be perplexed, but you're not going to be in despair. You may be persecuted, but I will not forsake you. You may be struck down, but you will not be destroyed. And do you mm-hmm. know? After I've been, after I've been afflicted and perplexed and persecuted and struck down, and I realize I made it through that." oh, I wish somebody would try to get me because my faith is on level 10 at that point. Right. I'm like, I've made it through this. It can't get me down anymore.
1: Yeah. No
0: more. And I love it because in verse 13 to jump down, it says, but just as we have the same spirit of faith in this uh, that is in accordance with the scripture, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. Mm-hmm. We believe and so we speak. We say it. I am grounded in the Lord because I know he is going to hold me. And he may invite me on a journey that's hard and it may be opposite of facts, <laughs> but his facts are truer. And so I'm going to hold on and I'm going to believe and I'm going to speak it and I'm going to continue to walk in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to go to this, the, uh, read the last scripture before we close. Um, mm-hmm. In Psalms. Did you want to read it, friend? Did you have it there? Sure.
1: Um, I have it close to here. It'll take me a second to find it. It's, I said, 116, verse 10. 10, I think, because it's a reference to, and she
0: can, she's going to read it, but it's in second Corinthians verse 13, where it says, I believed. And so I spoke, it's a reference to a Psalm. And so then we went back and found the Psalm where it's
1: referenced. Go ahead. friend. Mm-hmm. So it's um Psalm 116. It's verse 10. And it says, I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. Actually, can you start at eight, friend? Yeah. So verse eight says, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my, free, my, my feet <laughs> from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. And, and in, Go ahead. One more. One more. Um, Eleven. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. I love that. Yeah, it's like
0: I feel like it's this declaration of the opposite, like I don't care if like as you reference this this another scripture talks about let mm-hmm. God be the truth and every man be a lie. Yeah. It's like I recognize all my affliction. I recognize all the things, but I am going to declare his goodness in the middle of that. Even as my words speak how hard this is and how I'm scared, I'm going to continue to press on despite that. And I love that because he says that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Mm -hmm. That's good. And the Lord is not there to, to just let us slip into darkness and slip into the, to the death and be destroyed. Even if for a season it feels impossible, it seems like you can't see the light. Press on because there's, there's purpose. There's people waiting on the other side and not just the, for the other people. There's not just not, it's not just for the Saul's, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just for the Saul's that are going to become Paul's. It's yeah. for the faith that Ananias is now going to live with. It's because there's legacy there. And there are going to be thousands of people who need to see the same kind of thing. There are millions to see that Ananias faced the hardest thing. And that you too can face the hardest thing. You can face the things you thought you never would face. You too can hold on and hold on longer than you ever could hold on. As long as we recognize that we can't do it without him. Mm -hmm. We were never intended to do it without him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's so good. God is faithful. And I, and I think that um, as, we, as we just, I'm just, I'm moved by this because I am preaching to myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. and And it's hard because mo- most of you don't even know the levels of what I carry by myself because it's not for everybody's story. It's mine, right? And I share a lot. But every day I'm faced with that decision to hold on to the Lord and keep pressing on into what feels like impossible. You know, on so many levels. And I I have to fight daily to say, God, I'm holding on to you. Don't let me die like this. Don't let me look dumb at the end. I have to build up my faith with my community and the word. And I have to. And so be encouraged. If you feel like an earthen vessel that's too weak to hold it on your own, you're not by yourself. We're all there. Mm -hmm. And we are fighting daily to cling to that and say, Lord, I need your faith to hold me to hold me and so with that be encouraged that love though it may feel hard (laughs) though it's grounding and grounding feels bad it feels like too much of fact it's too it's boring to stay in the it's scary all the above you know there's there's purpose and I know that for me a big part of that even just this morning was a reminder of the great things that are the people that are being touched through the ministries that we have here at Until We Arise Mm -hmm. you know with Elia's gift and all of that's happening. We had our support group last week and it's just, it was tremendous. God is moving on behalf of people and it's because we say yes. And so if you want more information, you can go to our website. Also, Elia's Run Walk LA is June 24th. Yes. Registration is open. You can go onto our Instagram. It's there. Follow at Elia's run, underscore Run Walk uh, LA and you can find it. And, um, yeah, I think that's when we have, we see you kitchen every Saturday. So you want to be a part of that, but just find all of our information, follow us online, social media, all the above at until we arise and you can get all that info. Any other thoughts, friend?
1: Well, I will say until we arise, what won't change in our lives, in our communities in our families and in our world. Until Until we we
0: arise. arise. Thank you guys. Love you and God bless.